That video has so many applications for us, doesn't it? <laughs> We're talking about power, that as Christians we are called um, to receive this gift of power, the power of the Holy Spirit, but sometimes we need our Heavenly Father to help us out a bit, don't we? It can not be working, not be uh, flowing sometimes. So we, we're in a series talking about the, the presence of the Father, the power of the Holy Spirit, and the peace of Christ. And I want to begin with a story about, uh, from one of my mentors named Ken. Um, he, he had been serving in ordained ministry for a number of years. He uh, was uh, seminary trained, very thoughtful, leading a large church, and he was at a training, and he was hearing for the first time the teaching on empowerment, some of the teaching that you're hearing now, last week and this week and next week, that for the first time, even though he was a seminary trained pastor, it was the first time he was hearing about this idea that even though we can be Christians, we can be saved, we can be walking with the Lord, that all, there is more. That we can invite the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. That we can be filled with the Holy Spirit that we can be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And he's at this training, and uh, to be honest, he had some hesitations. He was really wrestling through, is this biblical? Is this accurate? Why have I heard this before? But at this training, they not only just wanted to share scripture with them, but they wanted also to give these leaders an opportunity to come forward and to be prayed for. Oh, so, so Ken decided, despite a little bit of hesitation, he would go forward and be prayed for. Happened to be an Anglican priest that was leading the training, and he went to him, his name is Sandy. And Ken went forward, and the priest, Sandy, laid hands on him, and he just prayed a simple prayer that Ken would be filled with the Holy Spirit. It was actually a moving experience for Ken, but he thought he'd be just a little press in. And he looked up and he said to the priest, how do you know I've been filled? Right? That's much like my mentor Ken would do. Right? And Sandy responded, he said, did you pray with sincerity from your heart to be filled with the Holy Spirit? And Ken said, yes, I did. He said, then, in faith, we simply believe. We trust. We trust. It's kind of neat that, actually, for me, nothing dramatic happened to Ken. But several months later, he would share that that was a difference, that was a point in his life, in his ministry, that things began to change and he began to experience some would call a greater empowerment in relationships, in conversations, in preaching, in ministry, in life in general, a greater anointing that, that he was learning that he got to minister and live in an ongoing filling of God's presence in his life. That's what we're talking about 
these couple of weeks as we talk about the empowerment or what I'm calling it is the, the power plan that God has for our lives. Many of us wrestle with powerlessness, right? Many of us try so hard to start the car and it's not happening, right? It's not working. We're, we're facing these things that are pressing in in our personal lives, our fighting against sin, in our relationships, and these things keep getting in the way, and we wonder in the physical ailments that we're wrestling with, and we're wrestling with powerlessness. And last week, we began to see that the Father does not want us to, to lay, stay there, to remain there in this powerless place, that he's inviting us. He's saying, you know, there's more. I, I'm inviting you to live in the spiritual power and authority that I want to give you again and again and again. Last week we saw what we called a, a foreshadowing of this spiritual, you could call it a precedent, precedent of this empowerment of God. It was way back in the Old Testament. Some of you remember, right, here last week. I, I know it's hit or miss, but last week, we were in uh, Numbers, and we saw Moses. He was getting all whiny, right? He was like, oh, I can't do it by myself. And so God said, I think pretty sure he sounded like that. And says, I can't do it by myself. And God says, okay. He didn't say, buck up, buttercup. He said, I will take the spirit, the power that I've given you, and I sh will share it with your leaders, your elders, 70 or 72. All right? And so we got a, a picture, a foreshadowing, a, a precedent of the empowerment that the Father wants for us. Took from Moses. Moses was the leader. He was empowered. He had the authority and power of, of God in him. And yet, God shared that with the other leaders. Right? We linked it to when Jesus was walking the earth physically with us right, for uh, uh, approximately 33 years. In the three years of ministry, Jesus gave power and authority to others. It wasn't just Jesus who did the kingdom stuff. He did the uh, apostles, the 12 in Luke 9, and then we saw in Luke 10, what does he do? How many elders or how many leaders did he take, disciples did he take? 70 or 72, somewhere about there, right? He gives them power and authority and then they start to live this empowered life and they were so excited. And friends, I'd like to say that again was this picture of God's power plan for you and I. Leading us to this point. One thing I forgot to mention about Moses um, remember when uh, Moses gives power to the 70, there were two leaders, two elders that didn't gather at the tent of meetings. Their names are Eldad and Medad. They're possibilities for your next children, if you'd like. And, and they start prophesying in the camp. They're not at the tent of meetings. And so Joshua gets a little jealous and he said, Lord, should I do something about that? They're, they're prophesying. And Moses says this, you could call it a prophetic wish. I wish that all the Lord's people were prophets and that the Lord would put his spirit on 
them. Not just, what he was saying is not just the leaders. Not just, not just these elders that are here. Not just these men. But wouldn't it be great? Wouldn't it, wouldn't it be awesome? If God put his spirit, this empowerment on everyone. Now we fast forward to um, Jesus' ministry, the 72, they are empowered. I want you to fast forward to Acts chapter 2. If you've brought your Bibles, wonderful. I want to encourage you to continue to bring your Bibles or your Bible app on your phone, whichever works best for you. I finally said it. And then uh, Bibles are also located in the seats in front of you. And we are going to look at the story of Pentecost. And this is a picture. This is God's empowerment plan for you. And we're going to look at Pentecost as God's empowerment plan for you. And I want to suggest that throughout the history of the church, in, in my humble opinion, I would say there has been some poor theology that has been wrapped around the story of Pentecost. Now, <clears throat> I am so thankful that God draws straight lines with crooked sticks, and I have no doubt that my theology will be fully corrected when I get to heaven, that I miss some things, oftentimes. And I'm so thankful that despite my bad theology, God still uses me, all right? So I don't want you to hear this in terms of pride or arrogance, but I do believe that there's been some key uh, uh, insignificant, insufficient understandings of this story of Pentecost and Peter's explanation of what this means and we're going to address this because what's happening, I believe, is that because of these misunderstandings of Pentecost, there has been an unplugging of our lives from the power source of Jesus. You hear what I'm saying to you? That he, he's, get, he's, got a, he's got an outlet here and he, and he gives us a cord and, and we get to plug in and yet when there's bad understanding, there's oftentimes I see, myself included, we unplug from God's power source. Those are barriers. So along as we talk about this story of Pentecost, we're gonna address some of the things that are causing us to unplug from God's power source. And then I'm going to give you an opportunity to plug in to God's power source. Does it sound like a fun morning? Yes. All right, let's do it. So Acts 2, the story of Pentecost. It's where there's probably Jesus died on the cross, he resurrected, and he ascended to heaven. So remember, when he was walking physically on earth, he gave power and authority to his disciples. But now he's ascended, and he's at the right hand of the Father. And now what he wants to do is he said, wait, you've got this incredible, beautiful mission that stands before you. But before you can do that, you got to experience Pentecost. I want to clothe you with power from on high. When you get clothed with power from on high, then go out. But wait, Terry, wait, wait. So about 120 disciples are waiting. They're waiting. They're praying. They're seeking the Lord, probably unsure of what this power plan looks like and how to experience it. 
Acts chapter 2, verse 1, it says, When the day of Pentecost, which was a festival, and Jews from across the known world had come to Jerusalem, there in Jerusalem, probably 120 in this large upper room, it says, When the day of Pentecost came, they were all, the 120 disciples, together in one place, suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. Something's happening. Maybe some kind of strong storm is blowing in, right? No, it's not a strong storm. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. This was not a prayer language of tongues that you hear speaking in tongues. Probably a better translation is they spoke in different languages. And all of a sudden, in a loud voice, these 120 men and women and potentially children were proclaiming the glory of God in a variety of different languages that all the Jews had come from the known world and they were hearing their own language giving the glory of God. And they go, what in the world is going on? They have to be drunk. I'm not making that up. It's in there. They think they're drunk. All right? And Peter says, no, it's nine o'clock in the morning. We don't drink till much later. All right, I'm ad-libbing a little bit, but he does say it is nine o'clock, all right? But there's something going on. There is this passion. There's this spiritual uh, proclamation of the, of the glory of God that's taking place. And you've got all these Jews coming around. They're going, what in the world is going on? So Peter, Peter stands up. And he says, let me explain to you what's going on. And what he does is he explains and invites them to receive not just one person, but two persons. This is the beginning of how we miss it sometime and unplug from the power. Is yes, Jesus, or Peter stands up and he explains the gospel of Jesus Christ, how Jesus died and rose from the dead. He quotes some Psalms. He shows who Jesus is. He shows that he was crucified for our sins and he's going to invite them to receive the gift of salvation. But he does more. He talks about another person. Who is that other person that he's going to talk about? It ain't Elvis. The other person is the third person of the Trinity. It's the Holy Spirit. And he also is going to quote from the Old Testament to explain the Spirit. And just as he explains Jesus and invites the gift, them to receive the gift of salvation, he also explains the Holy Spirit and invites them to receive the gift of empowerment. Or what the scripture says, the gift of the spirit, the gift of the father, both and. Friends, we miss one oftentimes as good evangelicals. So let's look at this. He invites us to two persons and right away 
he quotes from Joel. Joel is a minor prophet, and Joel is talking, to, it's towards the end of the Old Testament, and he said there's going to be a new day, there's going to be a new time that um, we're going to be ushered into, and life for the followers of God are going to look different. Do you know why it's going to look different? Because they are going to be empowered, everybody, with the Holy Spirit. And he talks about this new time. And as we read this, I want you to pay attention to this new age, this new time that Joel is pointing us to. It says, look at verse 17 of Acts 2. It says, in these last days, God says, so we understand in these last days, the last days are now. In these last days, I will pour out my spirit on all people. How many people? All people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. He's saying there's a new day coming. And it's going to look different than today. The difference is, is that all people, men and women, and think about this. This is pretty, pretty challenging. It was a, a very male-dominated community. And he says, in that day, everybody gets to play, right? And that day will last. Now look at verse uh, 21. No, I'm sorry. Look at verse 20. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. He's talking about judgment day. And now from a New Testament perspective, we know that Jesus brings judgment day, the second coming. Right? So these last days, church, you will live in these last days until when? Jesus comes back. Now, one of the ways that we unplug from power is there's been introduced a different dynamic in our age today that these power sources will cease. That the gifts that it talks about like prophecy or tongues will cease. And I want to suggest to you that is an unbiblical perspective. That cannot be supported, right? And because of that, I would call, again, I say poor theology, but I say it humbly. I, I'm sure I have things in my theology that I miss. So I don't want you to hear any pride, but I believe it's an unbiblical perspective and it's leading us to unplug from the power of God. To give an example, <clears throat> a number of months ago, a dear woman came and I met her right at the welcome desk and we were talking. She was a visitor. Um, she had a daughter that had gone to another church and so forth, but she had a question. And she, in prayer, had been just like that. She, she didn't really have an, any understanding. She wasn't even asking. She was just given a personal prayer language of tongues. And she shared that. I said, oh, that's delightful. And she said, here's my question. Some Christians are telling me that I'm not supposed to have a prayer language. That those gifts have ceased. And in fact, they go pretty far and say, 
all of those, they're false gifts, so they're of Satan. And yet other Christians are, are, are saying this is a gift from God. What do I do? That's a pretty wide range, right? Right? I, I mean, and boy, my heart went out to her. And I said, listen, could we, could, can you come into my office? I'd like to give you a longer discussion and explanation. And, and, and we'll talk about this. Because I believe that that's a beautiful gift from the Father for you. But, but let's talk about whether they've ceased or not. So she set up an appointment and she came in and we read a, a cease passage that some claim are there. And it was so clear to her that ceasing will take place when Jesus, the perfect one, returns. In fact, I didn't even prompt her. I just said, let's read together and you tell me what you think this scripture means. And she said, oh, when Jesus comes back, that's when they say, yeah, it's right there. <laughs> Friends, the prayer language that leads to intimacy, it will cease in a day when we get to be with the Lord fully and completely. Amen? Amen. But boy, we need his gifts today. We need his gifts today. The, the gifts of healing, that's a, another power gift. And someday we won't need any gifts of healing. You know why? Because we'll be with the Lord. We'll be completely restored. That's, that's when they cease, right? But boy, do we need his presence for healing today. All of those gifts right? Someday they will be wiped away. I, I can't wait for that moment when we won't need them anymore. There, there's a principle, there's this kingdom principle called already but not yet, that we live in part today in his presence. We live in part today his power. We live even in part today his peace. But someday all of those things will be given to us fully and completely when Jesus comes back and we get to live with him fully. Amen? Amen. Amen. Don't let the enemy unplug you from his power source. There, there's no little kid covers uh, on the outlet, right? You can't, we're not in a season with that plastic piece that's there, and we have some plastic pieces there, right? Th that's unbiblical theology. Let's pull out those little plastic pieces, okay? A and put it in there. Peter goes on. He keeps explaining. He's walking. We're walking through Acts chapter 2. And he says, um, he gives another, um, I, I think another way that we have unplugged from God's power source is that yes, the gift of empowerment is intimately and dynamically connected to the gift of salvation and yet the testimony of scripture is that it is distinct. There's this dynamic connection and yet we see also the gift of empowerment is distinct from the gift of salvation. 
And here's why this matters. The gift of salvation is something that you receive and you don't have to continually pursue salvation. Once you are saved, God's, God has you. He's got you. You are in the palm of his hands. You don't have to keep wondering if you'll be saved and received eternal life. He's got you. I had a good friend that was raised in the Baptist church and he said every Sunday they'd give an invitation to receive Christ and every Sunday the same guy would walk down and receive Christ. God bless him. That's great. I, you know, hunger there. You don't need to, right? You live out your salvation, but once you've received Christ, that's there. Empowerment is different. The gift of empowerment, the testimony of scripture is, is that something that we keep on asking. We keep inviting his infilling, his anointing, his empowerment for ministry because we leak. We don't leak salvation. What do we leak? We leak power. Did Jesus leak power? One moment a woman touched him and he said, oh, wait a second. Power has gone out from me. And then he went to be with the Father. And you know what he was doing as he was praying with the Father? He's filling up with power. We're, we're kind of like those uh, batteries that you, those rechargeable batteries, right? We use them and the little energizer bunny goes, 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 but then it stops. So we take out the batteries. What do we do? We recharge, spend some time with the Father. And then we put them back in our back and we get to be the Energizer Bunny again for, for this life. Now notice what he says here. A lot of people miss this. Look at verse 38. The, the people hear his testimony about the person of Jesus Christ, the invitation to receive him. He hear, they hear this testimony about the Holy Spirit and they say, it says we're, they're cut to the heart and they say, what shall we do? And, he, and Peter replies, this is what you're to do. This is how you're to respond. Repent and be baptized. Repent and believe and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Now, friends, many of us in real life practicality, we stop there. That's true. He just explained how to receive the gift of salvation. Did you see it? He's saying, repent in your heart. Invite Christ to be Lord and Savior of life and then be baptized. That water is a symbol of what's happening spiritually and you can receive Christ. They pray and he's, you're good, go. No, he doesn't. There's an and. Do you notice the and? Look at your neighbor and say, and. Look at your neighbor and say, there's more. Pay attention. Look at your neighbor and say, pay attention or wake up. What's the and? Well, let's read together. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. See, here's the confusing part is the Holy Spirit and Jesus are intimately involved in both. Is the Holy Spirit intimately involved in the gift of salvation? Absolutely. You can't be saved without the Holy Spirit. When you ask Jesus Christ into your life, the Holy Spirit enters within you and gives you new life. But the and part is something different. 
Salvation is spirit within. Empowerment is spirit upon. Spirit within, spirit upon. You see that? We're going to see, especially more next week. You're going to have to trust me on this for seven days. Can you trust me for seven days? Yes. Thank you, Mikey. Appreciate that. (laughs) Thank you. No. We're going to see how it's an and thing. And the apostles were all about the and. You see, friends, what, what I believe is happening is, let me just see if this analogy helps. I have a piece of paper with a little snowflake on it. It's craft time with Pastor Eric. Are you ready for a craft time? All right. So let's pretend that this snowflake is your life. And God calls us to cut out the snowflake. That's how we live the Christian life, all right? And in fact, he gives us scissors to cut this out. So let's, let's cut this out here, all right? This is not working. This is not, all right, maybe I'll just tear a little. All right, do you? That didn't work at all. Am I missing something? What? There is another half of the scissors. Do I get the other half? So you're saying that there's an and. You see what I'm saying? No, I'm not going to take the time to screw in the screw. All right, just so you, but pretend I do, right? And then he says, this is your life. I'm going to give you scissors. You get to live it and you get to cut it out. Friends, I think we're unplugging from the power because we have the spirit of within, but he's wanting to give us the spirit upon Yes, he's wanting intimacy with us. Yes, we're precious to him. Yes, he loves us. And we get to be a temple of the Holy Spirit. That's incredible. That's amazing. Hallelujah. I I feel a little bit guilty for asking more, but he's the one that's telling me there's more. He's saying that there's spirit within, yes. But there's spirit upon And I've called you not to live a powerless life where you have to jab at the snowflake to try and make a dent in it. I'm giving you two to cut through. With me? Are you using only one side of the scissors? Have you received that second side there? One more way that we unplug from the power. And it's related to Joel, what we just read. I think that this unplugging has happened especially for women in the church of Jesus Christ and for children. And that's gift of empowerment. 
is that everyone gets to play. You saw it, right? In Joel, you saw it. Look at verse 39. The promise is for you and your children, for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. Does that make you think of anything? The prophetic wish that we started, that we saw in Moses, right? He said, man, these 70, 72, that's awesome. I don't have to be that whiny with God. Boy, I really wouldn't be whiny. I'm paraphrasing here. If all God's children, men and women, even children, Notice how he said gift. Is the gift of salvation for everybody? Yes. How about the gift of power? Is that for everybody? Yes. Friends, I think especially the women among us have been unplugging because of not poor teaching and theology and not realizing the gift of empowerment is for everyone everyone, men, women, and children. The theologian Gordon Fee says this, the basis for ministry in the life of the church is not gender, is not gender, but the calling of the Spirit. Isn't that beautiful? The basis for ministry in the life of the church is not gender, but the calling of the Spirit, and the Spirit clearly calls women every bit as much as the Spirit calls men. Can I get an amen? Amen. Amen. The women were a little louder than the men, I think, on that. But you get to be. You get to be. Do you see that? That there's an anointing, there's this empowerment for everyone. That, that the ground is level at the cross. Doesn't matter rich or poor, race or creed, male or female, it does not matter. He's calling, he's anointing, he's wanting us to plug into his power regardless of who we are, if we are followers of Christ Jesus. Friends, I started the message with a story of a leader who was leading in God's church and then he went, he experienced the filling of the spirit and it was a, a difference from that point forward in his life and ministry. There are stories throughout the history of the church and I'm sure it's wrapped in incomplete theology but there are stories of men and women who have been following after Jesus Christ, love him, and then they have an experience of his empowerment and they begin to live and minister at a whole new level. I want to share a story of you, with you of a woman who shared that. It's one of my favorite missionary stories. Her, book is uh, her story is told in the book uh, Chasing Dragons. It's a story of Jackie Pollinger. And as a young adult, she had a heart for Jesus and she felt called to the mission field and had no idea where to. And one of the spiritual leaders in her life just said, get on a boat and go and trust the Lord. And so she got on a boat 
and started praying. That's a, another wonderful story of calling and faith. But finally, I'm sure to the chagrin of her parents and family, she stopped, felt led to stop at one of the most horrendous places on the face of the earth. It's called the Walled City in Hong Kong. It no longer is this drug-infested, gang-riddled place. God's done miraculous things in this place. But in this time, this would have been several years ago. I, don't, I, I didn't write the date down, but 40, 50 years ago that she lands in the Walled City and she enters in. She has 10 bucks to her name and she begins to minister to the poor to the prostitutes, to the drug addicts. And um, she says, what I was doing was normal gospel stuff. I was feeding the poor, clothing the naked, caring for other basic needs. And in spite of that, the, the gang members really noticed, the triads really noticed her love for the least of these. So there was good ministry that was happening. It wasn't empowered ministry, but it was good gospel ministry. Her story is she met this uneducated Chinese couple that talked to her about the filling of the Holy Spirit. They laid hands on her, prayed for her, and she was filled with the Holy Spirit. And it took her a while, about a year, to start learning to press in press in and then this power started to come and yes they have drug and rehabilitation programs for uh, the youth that come in the adults too that are addicted to drugs the prostitutes they have all those programs but what they were seeing was this incredible breaking of addiction in the power of the Holy Spirit I don't want to downplay any, you know, rehabilitation process or anything like that. That's so very important. We need to be about providing those basic needs in that rehabilitation. However, added to that, added to her ministry was this empowerment of the Holy Spirit. And there were some that going from one moment, they were addicted to heroin and opium, heavy duty drugs to no desire. No desire whatsoever. Miraculous stuff. It was in that moment. Friends, I think for many of us, we're living good, normal, gospel lives. That's good. I do believe the Lord wants more. More from us. He wants us to plug into his power. Amen? One last fast forward. I need to fast forward to just a little bit later in the book of Acts. You can turn there to chapter 8, verse 15, or I'll have it on the screen for you. It's where in Samaria, Philip is launched out from the persecution, and he's doing 
um, empowered kingdom ministry. He's leading the Samaritans to Christ. They become believers. And there is so much excitement that's taking place that in Jerusalem, they send the apostles, two apostles, Peter and John. And Peter and John come and listen to what happens when they arrive. This is looking at verse 15. When they arrived, they prayed for the new believers. Were they believers? Were the Samaritans believers? Yeah, okay. Had they received the gift of salvation? Yes? Okay. Does that help that visual? I'll just hold this as I read. When they arrived, Peter and John, they prayed for the new believers that they might receive the Holy Spirit. You can't, what are they talking about? Maybe it's not the spirit within. Maybe he's talking about something else. What? Because the Holy Spirit had not yet come. So they were living. Peter and John were saying, hey, there's more. Let's start again. When they arrived, they prayed for the new there that they might receive the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit had not yet come any of them. They had simply been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Remember Peter, Acts 2, gift of salvation, that's water baptism. They'd done that. But there's more. Then Peter and John placed their hands on them. And they received the Holy Spirit. Have you ever had anyone place their hands lovingly upon you in the name of Jesus Christ and invite the Holy Spirit to be filled with the Holy Spirit? I'm going to give you an opportunity to receive that. I'd like to invite the, the worship team forward. And um, also I've invited our prayer team and elders if they would uh, come up. And we're going to do this like communion. Um, we'll have four stations, right? But this, this prayer time, it's only for men. So women, <laughs> you can't come. Mm -hmm. it's actually only for a certain level of spiritual maturity. I, I think it's like the age is like 30 and above. So if you guys, you can't come. Children not welcome. Darn it. Is that true? Come on, right? Come on, it's ridiculous. No, no. This is a gift for everyone. Do we have those screens, Natalie, that I asked you to add at the very end? Okay. I just want one more observation, then we're going to pray. We were told how Joshua, son of Nun, was filled with the Holy Spirit. Look at what Moses did with Joshua. Now, Joshua, son of Nun, was filled with the spirit of wisdom because no, Moses had 
laid his hands on him. That's interesting. There's a prayer piece there. When they were in Samaria and the believers, and he's saying, Peter and John were saying, oh, I have one, here's two. What did they do to them again? What did they do? They laid their hands on them. Do you know when Paul was knocked off his horse in a vision of Jesus Christ and he's praying, he probably became a believer and we're told that he's given a vision. And in a vision, Jesus says to Ananias, he has seen a man named Ananias come and do what? Place his hands on him. That very same Saul becomes the apostle Paul He goes to the city of Ephesus and he sees disciples, but they haven't been baptized in the name of Jesus with water. And he says, did you receive the Holy Spirit? And they said, what? We haven't even heard of the Holy Spirit. He said, oh. So he says, you guys actually need two things. On hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus when Paul, what? placed his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. Friends, I believe that this was what the early church saw as our, how we join the Father, is that we lovingly lay our hands on one another and pray for the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Uh, There's nothing magical about that. That's just our our physical response. And I'm inviting the the leaders, and we like to anoint with oil. That's also associated with the gift of the Holy Spirit. And so leaders, if you'd like to anoint with oil, and then just place your hand on them and pray for the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Now, if you're uncomfortable, that is okay. Okay. You don't need to come forward. Please, I, I don't want you to make, make you uncomfortable in any way, shape, or form, right? I would encourage you to take a risk. Be like my mentor, Ken. Maybe you have some hesitations. That's okay. Maybe you do. I would encourage you to come. He wants to give you power for life and ministry. But again, if if you're uncomfortable, feel no pressure. Just continue to worship at your seats. You can stay seated. You can stand up. Whatever you would like to do. Let's pray. Father, I'm so thankful that there's more for us. That you do not call us with a spirit of timidity but of love, of self-discipline, and a spirit of power. Lord, would you help us to plug into your power source this morning in whatever area in our lives we are feeling powerless, Lord. We want to invite your spirit in those places that we would live as your empowered followers. In the name of the Father and the Son 
and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Can we all stand? If you'd like to stay seated, that's okay. And there's a, a, a station for each section. If you feel led, would you come? I don't have oil. Do you have another?